Daniel chapter 3 and 1 Peter chapter 1. Any of you ever heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Okay. If you haven't heard about these guys in a long time, you're going to hear about them in just a second here. Daniel chapter 3. Let me set the stage. If you don't know the story, how many of you have ever heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a Sunday school class? If you're really up there in age, you saw a flannel graph, right? <laughs> And the teacher slapped this thing up on there, and uh, they were all in askew, and, you know, and they might have a kid come, and you slap Shadrach up there, and you slap the fire up there, and so the, the flannel graph, you remember those days, right? Um, I remember flannel graphs, because I was in the 70s and as a kid, and I do remember those things, and um, a simpler time. Now the teacher points to the PowerPoint, you know, so Shadrach slides in, and all that stuff, but. But if you remember that, it's not a kid's story. But it's told often to kids, but really adults need to hear the story. And so we're going to take a look at it, not the whole story. But to set the stage, you, you may remember that there was a king of Babylon. His name was Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful king in the world at that time. He leveled Jerusalem. He conquered the, uh, the nation of Israel. He brought them into captivity, which was really nice of him, right? Uh, uh, no limits to his power. And they erected this big statue of him. You think our leaders are bad, but uh, I'll, I won't, I'll stop there. But anyway, uh, so they uh, erected this big statue to him, and, and everyone was supposed to bow down. But some of God's men wouldn't do it. Some of God's men said, no way. And so the, the main theme of the story uh, is to say yes to God and say, I will not go the course of the world. To say, I'm, whatever God says, even if it costs me my life, I'm going to say yes to the Lord and no to the world. But that's, that's, there's other themes, and we're going to look at another theme here. There's other themes here. You know, the Bible has this principle of duality, which means that the same story means multiple things at the exact same time. Does that make sense? I tell you, the simple illustration I give people is I am a pastor, a father, a son, and a neighbor simultaneously. But at different hats, we can look at different, which one of those roles do we want to look at? Well, this story has other themes, but, but obviously the prominent one is they would not bow down to anyone but the Lord. Well, once you resign yourself to saying, Lord, my life belongs to you, that theme will live out in your life. But so will dealing with trials, which we're going to look at, and what we've kind of come, things we've come through in the past year. So turn with me, uh, uh, third chapter, Daniel. And they've already cast these, you know, these guys have said, no way, we're not, we're not going to bow down. They've already been cast into the fire. The fire was so hot that the guys that they... The, the military men that threw them in, they were consumed just getting near the heat. The heat incinerated them. That was a fun job. The executioners died trying to perform an execution. There's another spiritual truth there, too. The very things the world is trying to carry out will kill them in the end. 
too many messages off this one passage, but let's look at what we're going to look at. Verse 24, Daniel chapter 3. Again, they've already... Um, oh, let's look at verse 20, starting verse 23. They've been thrown into the fire, verse 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. This is sure death, right? Even the men... Throw them in, they're already gone. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselor, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to him, King, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the Fourth is like the Son of God. Now, how did he even know what the Son of God looked like? It's a pagan king. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. He's starting to get a clue here. Come out. Come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. I hope that speaks to you. We'll talk more about it. The hair of their head was not even singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not even on them. Isn't that great? Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. So Daniel, Old Testament prophet, wrote that. Peter, New Testament prophet, disciple, apostle, pastor, church planter, all those things. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 5. And by the way, the writers of the New Testament, they constantly had a mind's eye to the Old Testament. They actually preached most often from Old Testament texts with or they illustrated things that, that had, God had already done in the past. It was, it was their, part of their confidence that God would do it again. 1 Peter 1, verse 5, speaking of the believers, all those that have put their faith in Christ, who are kept by the power of God. You're kept by God's power, not because you did a great job this year. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There's still a last time coming. It's Happy New Year. We've never been closer to the return of Jesus than right now. Never been closer. Reserved for the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Uh, you may not have greatly rejoiced when some of these trials start in your life. But look what he says. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And that part you might relate to. Say, so, yeah, I've definitely been grieved by trials. I've been beaten up by trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Same as Shadrach, same as Meshach, same as Abednego. May be found to the praise and the honor and the glory and revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice who it's all for. It's not for you and for me. The praise, the honor, and the glory of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy and expressible, full of glory. Let's pray. Father, we ask now that you would take your word 
written 2,000 and close to 3,000 years prior. And Lord, that you would bless it, anoint it. Strengthen me as I share your word, Lord, and may it be your will and your purposes and your plan that is accomplished here in us. Lord, we thank you for what you brought us through. Lord, give us perspective this morning to help us to grow in your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whether we're consciously aware of it or not, the Lord has brought us through a lot of difficulties and a lot of obstacles in this past year. He really has. Some were astounded by, some were still thanking him for, some were still really grateful for. Lord, thank you for bringing me through that. And some we've completely forgotten about already. We, we long forgot God did that way back in June or way back in January. Some were coming through now, but we're not all the way through them. You feel that? Some you say, I still, I'm still feeling the heat of this fire. Some we're not all the way through. Earlier this year, I gave a message on Amazing Grace. You might remember. And the things that God used in John Newton, that former slave trader's life, first to bring him to salvation, but later to use him and to grow him for God's glory. Listen to the third and fourth stanzas of Amazing Grace. You, everyone knows stanza one. But the third and fourth stanzas, and reflect upon this a little bit. Number one, what God has already done. And number two, the promises of God's faithfulness. One, what God has already done. And two, the promises of his faithfulness. This is stanzas three and four. Through many dangers, toils, and snares... I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that, didn't they? Like, he's already brought us through a lot. If he wants to take us home, that's okay, too. They, they said that. They're like, hey, we're not going to bow. God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we're going to be faithful because he's been faithful. But when we're smack dab in the middle of trials and in confusion and in chaos and in crisis, we forget what we've come through, don't we? You ever just kind of, you can't think of anything? You ever just like, you have a blank stare no one else is there. But you just have this blank stare, and you can't really think of anything. We can't think of what we've come from, what we've come through, whether the Lord has promised help, whether he's promised strength. We can't think of a verse. Sometimes we have this. But Hebrews 13.5 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if we feel something, God says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. If you belong to the Lord, he's never left nor forsaken. And it's that knowledge, it's that promise, it's that unwavering pledge from God, our Father, that allowed Shadrach, allowed Meshach, allowed Abednego to walk directly into the fiery furnace. Now, I know they were thrown in there, but they were willing to walk in anyway. So they said, all right, toss us in. A few minutes later, they're walking around. But it's the same truth that Peter is saying, Peter's saying the same thing. He says, the truth, the knowledge that God is always going to be faithful, it helps us to endure. 
if you've endured this year, it's only by God's grace. If you've made it, you're, you're here this Sunday morning service. You somehow got through whatever it is you got through. Paul is saying that the things we come through will ultimately prove to be for our good and his glory. Whatever we come through. I, the, to, the Lord has really put this on my heart in the last two weeks. I was sharing it over at the hospital on Friday because obviously, you know, uh, when Anthony had a heart attack, that's a big deal. I mean, it changes your life. Changes a lot of people's day. But I was sharing this, and the Lord's put on my heart a lot lately. God gives me, and he gives you. So whatever he gives me is the same. I'm, this is just right out of Scripture. And, and Lord, I've, I love these two pillars. You know how we have two legs? We have two arms, two eyes. Uh, God gives us these two pillars that he's put in my heart a lot lately. He gives us promises for comfort, and he gives us commands for stability. Promises are for comfort, and commands are to settle us. In other words, we need someone to tell us what to do. That's one of our prayers sometimes. God, show me what to do. And God says, I've already told you a lot, like a thousand times. And you've yet to do this one simple thing. We'll talk more about that next week. But really, the things we run from, the commands we keep running from, are the very thing that will settle us. And the promises will comfort us. And I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they understood that. They're like, one, we have God's promises. What was the promise? I will be faithful. What was the command? Do not bow down to the world. It's good for someone to tell you, don't do that. It's not just for kids. The story's not just for kids. The story's more for adults. God wants to deliver us. He wants to refine us through trials and the course of this life. He wants to steady us through them. The same as he wants to, just not, not just trials, God wants to refine us and steady us through our daily living, through weekly living, through monthly living, through the course of just our time. But then you have Satan. Now, you know the old quote, the devil made me do it? A lot of times, not true. The devil's like, I was nowhere near you. you that was all you, right? Uh, I was working on somebody else. You know, you did you on that one, you know? So, uh, but nevertheless, we, the Bible says we have an enemy. The Bible says we have an adversary. The Bible describes him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. By the way, I love big cats. So you take a 470-pound male lion and you happen to be a little sheep, it's not a good contest, right? So without God's help, you will be torn to pieces. You have to be kept, as Peter said, by the power of God. But Satan, because we do have an adversary, he wants to leverage or even cause... The same trials, the same difficulties, the same temptations. We're not really talking as much about temptations here today, though it certainly applies. He wants to use those same things to destroy us, to disable us, to distract us, and always he wants to defeat us, always. The very things God wants to use to make us more like him, Satan says, no, I want to use those same things. The fiery furnace, heat it up seven times, Nebuchadnezzar says, make it seven times hotter. God says, go ahead and make it seven times hotter. Satan says, I'm going to destroy them. God says, I'm going to deliver them. 
We have two opposite. Same fire, two completely different purposes. Amen? Satan knows the battle we have within us. We have on one side faith, on the other side feelings. And they are constantly at war. And they're evenly matched, it seems, right? Faith and feelings. What we see versus what God says. Notice, notice they're not all, uh, God says, you're going to have to go in that fiery furnace. If I was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm like, uh, 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 what is, a, what is a, a, an alternative option here? Can we bow to a small little statue instead, right? Not the big one. Can we bow to a small one? Can we bow, but in our hearts praying we're not really bowing? We rationalize things, don't we? He knows this battle. Satan, Satan's been watching mankind for a long time. And so he starts fires in our life. Sometimes he starts them. We know this is true. Uh, you say, well, are they things that God allows or are they things that Satan starts? Yes. Because Job, for example, Satan came and said, I'd like to start a fire in Job's life. God said, go ahead. He's like, I, I want it to be like a 10-alarm fire. And go ahead. I want it to be bigger than that. I want it to incinerate his whole life. And God says, give it, give it a try. But he starts fires. He also amplifies them to a degree that Satan thinks, matter of fact, he was convinced that he could bring Job down, right? That was the argument he was having. I, I, know, he'll, I know he'll abandon you. And he, Satan wants to convince us that all hope is lost. He wants to convince us that God has abandoned us, that to trust in him is pointless, and we might want to consider something more trustworthy than the word of God. Something less painful, because going through fiery furnaces is not fun. So, you know, Shadrach mentioned, but you could probably avoid a lot of pain by just choosing an alternative path. Something better than walking by faith. That's what the enemy is really doing. He, he says, I'll, I'll help you put out the fire as long as you're not willing to go through it. That's what Satan says. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego, they did not take the bait. Aren't you glad? We don't get the flannel graph story if they took the bait, right? They didn't take the bait. And Peter and Paul implored the church and us to don't take the bait either. That's what Peter was writing. Say, listen, you've got to... Be grieved for a little while, but you'll end up rejoicing. Look through the fire and see the face of Jesus. Because Jesus appears on this scene, doesn't he? Many of you have done that this year. Some of you are doing it right now. You're doing your best to look through the fire, and God's going to bless it in your life. He's going to bless it. Just hold on tight. He's going to bless it in your life. You're going to look through the fire, and you're going to see the face of Jesus. But some of us are not. We've lost perspective. And so I just want to take a few minutes to reflect on uh, things we've come through, but also options we have in response to trials, as well as the fruit that is there if we would stay the course and hold fast to the Word of God. And as I mentioned, you know, this story's told to kids a lot, but I, think, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've even preached it if I have. It's been a long time. Uh, but adults really need to see the principles here. And I just want to look at a couple things that help you both in looking back and appreciating, but also as we look forward. Potential responses to trials and difficulties. And I just want to list a few out here. These are potential things, and, and there's only one of them God wants us to have. And you might recognize some of these. The first one here, 
compromise. Trials come, and you might think, maybe if I was a little more like the world, this wouldn't be happening to me. And you know what? There's some truth to that. Satan will, to some degree, leave you alone if you would just become more like the world. But this life's but a vapor, and you're still going to have to meet Jesus face to face one day. And you don't want to look him in the eye and say, I bowed out because Satan kept threatening me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I would rather stand before God, obedient, than stand before him someday and say, I did avoid the fiery furnace. You don't get Daniel chapter 3 after all, Lord. Right? Now, compromise, you might say it like this, man, if I would lie at work, then I'd, be, I'd get a better bonus. Everybody else is lying at work. If I just change the numbers like everybody else is doing at work, maybe I wouldn't be dealing with this. Maybe I wouldn't have my boss give me a bad mid-year review. Those kind of things. And God's telling you, no, no, you can't cut that corner. You might have to go through this. It might even cost you a job. You might have to find a new job eventually. Well, I don't, I don't want to hear that. You guys think, but compromise is an option. I want you to hold on tighter. Another one is complaining. This was Israel's response in the desert. They were determined they weren't going to be full on, you know, just we won't do this. They would just whine constantly. God, for many of us, is saying, when will you just stop whining and complaining and just accept that I'll walk with you in the fire? Israel never, it, it, Moses got water out of a rock. What are you going to do, do tomorrow? How about, how about manna from heaven? What are you going to do next? How about, how about ravens? It, it didn't matter what it was. They couldn't remember 10 seconds before. Complaining, complaining, complaining. Uh, I will raise two hands. I have complained some this year. We, we, by the way, we've all been guilty of some of these. I'm saying there are potential responses that God wants us to examine ourselves and say, is this your auto response, and are you dying to that auto response? Because you'll, you'll, you'll lean in that direction. That faith for feelings things will be there. Here's another one. To curse. Now, I'm not speaking about cursing as far as cussing, but this was Job's wife counsel to him. Job, why don't you just curse God and die? He's totally abandoned you. Forget complaining. Just yell at God. That won't work either, by the way. You know, God is not moved by our emotions. He is an old-school parent. <laughs> Today's parents are swayed by, hey, you don't do this. All right, all right, we'll get you the iPhone after all, right? God didn't work that way. God's like, you can sit there all day long, right? God did, he, wasn't, he wasn't moved. He's not moved. He he's changeth not. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's not moved by our emotions. He's here to change us, not the other way around. We're not here to change God. So to curse God, Job said, I can't do that. That won't work either. Shadrach, Meshach, they could have cursed God. Why would you bring Nebuchadnezzar? Why would you give him this idea? Satan gave Nebuchadnezzar that idea. But instead, they didn't try and whine about it, curse God. They simply said, if we're to go through this fire, God, please be with us. That's the prayer. How about this one? To collapse. Now, I'm not speaking of collapsing from a massive heart attack. I'm not speaking about collapsing 
from grief. There are certain collapses in life that are unavoidable. We will have moments of collapse that are just our humanity. I'm talking about the kind of collapse that is a two-year-old in the aisle at Kroger. <laughs> right? This is the kind of collapse I'm talking about. I don't want to go any further. You know, just, and just give up. You ever seen a toddler give up? I've seen them laying on the floor, and I walk by, I'm like, man, I'm glad those days are gone for us. But, yeah, I just, I pray for the parent, and I walk by, and I'm like, oh, my kids are teens. I don't have to worry about this. Now, usually I speak, honestly, I, when I see things, I usually speak some encouragement to the parents. I just say, hey, it's okay. The, the kid freaking out on the plane, you know, something, all those kind of things. You're like, you give them some encouragement. But that kind of collapse where we say, that's it. I'm not going any further. I hear a lot of Christians sometimes will say, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. That's a toddler response. It's not a mature believer response. It wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response. How about this one? Circumvent. Just avoid what God is. Jonah had this one. I'll just find a different route. This doesn't work either, by the way. He can send whales as well as he can send fires. True? And so Jonah's like, ah, I, I don't agree with this. I'm not going to go through this. I see Christians do this. Well, well I don't like this. We're just going to move to another city. Guess, guess who goes to the other city? You do. You and your feelings go with you. And God said, you really think you can outrun me in the world? Jonah thought he could do that. Do you really? I sit over all the universe. How are you going to circumvent these things? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to circumvent this. We're just going to have to go through it. Jesus taught this to the apostles. The storms were, and then finally Jesus comes walking on the water. He's like, I'm, I'm, you guys, we're going to have to go through this storm. And sometimes we just have to accept. Lord, I'm not going to try and come up with an alternative. I can finagle it if I do this. If we take out a loan, if we go in debt, this will help. And we try and do all these things to fix things. And God says, why don't you just get on your knees? instead of trying to circumvent. And lastly, here's the response God wants. Continue. He says, why don't you just stand and abide in me and meet and put one foot in front of the other. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Aren't those great words? God's like, I want you to be a U.S. Marine here. You're not turning back. I want you to go forward, inch by inch. All battles, if you study World War II, they're won by little tiny increments. Most of the time, they're not won by one big, massive victory. There are lots of little... And by the way, they're usually two steps forward, one step back, aren't they? That's kind of the way it works. We, we take some battle scars... Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out with no scars. The scars that they would have had were on the inside before they got into the fire. It was the fear of stepping forward. Amen? And God is saying, just continue. Uh, Jesus said, abide in me. Walk by faith. Wait on the Lord. We don't like to wait. I'm a very impatient person. I'm becoming more of a patient person. God said, look, if you... You want to see victory. Patiently wait. But it's not just, a, it's not just a, a sedentary waiting. It's a walking forward in faith. They had to be willing to walk towards that fire, bound up and say, all right, Lord, we're willing to go through it. 
I was sharing this on Friday as well. I love this word to Paul. Paul, his whole life was one trial after another. If you think that, you know, no one's had it, no one's had it as bad as me. Go read Paul's life. You're like, okay, I think he's had it slightly rougher than me. You know, you know, just, but his life was one trial after another. And so I love what Jesus comes to him in Acts chapter 23. And, and Paul is going to be headed to Jerusalem, but it's not going to be like our Israel trip where we're going to sightsee. Paul's going there to get locked up. And he knows it. He even knows. He says, I know I'm bound for chains. And, and Jesus comes to him and says, be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified me in Jerusalem, so you must bear witness for me in Rome. Paul's like, the route to Rome is I need you to get arrested. I need you to get arrested, and you're going to meet a bunch of kings and stuff. And so God is telling you and me, the route to where I'm going to take you to use you is going to have to go through some dark forest, a fire, some deep water, whatever it is. And many of you have come through that. And I'm just here to tell you that your Rome visit may be coming soon. In other words, God says, look, there's a reason for all this. I'm going to bring you to another place. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the, the end of the story was not where we read. We'll go back and look real quick at just, just a minute. There is the end of the story. And God wants us to continue in faith. Now, what are some of the fruit as we continue through? Some of the fruit of trials. We, now, we look at the, some of the potential responses, but there is a great work that God will do and is doing. Some of you are going to realize by February some of the fruit that came out of what you went through this year. You'll realize it next year. You might realize it tomorrow. You might realize it right this minute. But you'll start to realize that there is fruit that comes through. One of them, faith grows. Faith grows. In 1 Peter, it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. We're kept by the power of God. Do you know what that does for us? It bolsters our faith. When we realize that actually it was not our ingenuity and brilliance that got us to this point. It was we were kept by the power of God. And that stirs and strengthens our faith. Do you see what I'm saying with that? It helps us to say, wow, my safety net is not me. My safety net is the Lord through trials. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went in tied up. They came out. Everything got burned off. They realized they didn't untie themselves. The very fire that was supposed to destroy them only destroyed the chains but not them. That's kind of faith building, isn't it? Job said at the end of his long trial, Job 42.5, he said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Do you know Job was already a godly man before the trial? After the trial, he even more, he saw God in everything. Before he kind of walked outside, he didn't see God in the clouds. Now he did. God wants us to come through that we start to see God everywhere, not just on a Sunday morning worship service. He wants you to see him in all kinds of places. Our faith will grow. Number two, fear fades. I battle fear all the time, way more than I wish I did. Maybe you do too. I don't know. Uh, there's things that we're just afraid of. But David, after he defeated a lion and after he defeated a bear, he said, why are you all, all afraid of Goliath? 
He couldn't understand. Why are the rest of y'all? Because they had not taken anything on. <laughs> they had always circumvented. They had always compromised. They had always, always chosen to take the roundabout. And David's like, once you go through a couple of these things, you're saying, bring it on. God is greater. Fear fades. It allowed him to see Goliath without the fear that everybody else saw. He didn't even need Saul's armor. He's like, what? what? That's going to slow me down. I have five rocks. God can guide them any which way he wants. I sling them. God, there's only one spot on Goliath's entire armor. It's got to land there. No laser pointer. This is just the Lord's pointer, right? But often, our fears are, what will this cost me? What's going to cost me? I'm not going to be as popular. I'm not going to... I'm not going to get this promotion. I'm not going to get this. Our fears, what is it going to cost me? It's really not so much sometimes fear of the trial. It's what is it going to cost me? And God is like, what did it cost my son to tell you to go forward? Speaking of his son, next one, Christ is revealed. And he says here, remember, Nebuchadnezzar says, I see the son of God. Did you know that God wants us through our trials for the world to see the son of God in us? That the world wants to say, it looks like your believing in Jesus thing is the real deal. It looks like I see Christ in your life. It looks like Christ is what takes you through things. I don't have that. I'm depending on this or that. Or you know, I, I try and make sure that I have four glasses of wine every night just to cope. Right? God is speaking to the world through our lives, and Christ is revealed. The world will see Christ in us, and and not only in us uh, as uh, or in our lives, but also uh, to the praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus, that we get a deeper revelation of Jesus. We get Christ revealed to us. We see Christ more, the world sees Christ more in us, but we see Christ more because that's what Job said. Now I see him with my eyes. Job's like, I, it's not just theological think tank stuff for me. I really see the Lord. Next one, God is exalted. In the coming year, do you want God to get glory from your life? I mean, really. The unsaved people don't like this. Like, what? If he's such, such a great God, why does he need glory? Well, you can ask him someday when you meet him face to face. I wouldn't advise trying to have that conversation. I would advise acknowledging that he's worthy, right? But God is exalted. He's glorified when we stand the court. What happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the whole world realized that statue paled in comparison to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because no one had ever walked through a fire that hot and came out and didn't even smell like smoke. Even Nebuchadnezzar was like, that's the most high God. Everyone was convinced. God is glorified. He's exalted. Next one, moving quickly here. Love grows. Ben well said, if we're not growing in love, we're not growing. Right? 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is what? Love. We may already love the Lord, but once he's taken us through fires, our gratitude and love grows even more. A couple weeks ago I talked about, remember Jesus said, he who is forgiven much loves much. A similar kind of axiom you could say is he who has been through much loves much. Because the more you've been delivered from, the more you have love for God's delivering power and appreciation for it, if you will. 
the reason that if you love your spouse, I hope you appreciate them more over time. Well, you'll appreciate God more over time. And that, and that will actually, it fans the flame, of your love, uh, the flame of your love for God. Once we've been through a lot and we've seen him come through, we'll love him even more. But again, we won't get to that if we don't first go back to the other things. We have to have the continue and ignore all those other responses, and then the fruit will come. Then the fruit will come. You know, putting that seed in the ground, it's not fun being a seed in the ground. In the darkness and all that stuff, but eventually, God brings it forth. And lastly, brings us to the last one here. He says in verse 8 of 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, that you'll, believing, rejoice with joy inexpressible. Job saw that. You, can you imagine the party Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got, had when they came out? They're like, whoo, that was close, right? That was a hot fire that we didn't feel, right? I mean, you've, you've felt a hot day. They, it was like a balmy 72 in there for them. They're just roaming around. That would have been one of the... You ever see certain Bible miracles you wish, I, could have, I would love to have done... Peter's walk on water is one of the ones I would love to do. That's the coolest thing. Just walk across the swimming pool, just like, just, just walk. You want to impress the people there. That's pretty cool. But to go through that fire and to come out of that and say, unbelievable. We need to throw a victory worship service after this, right? When God heals people, we usually rejoice, don't we? When God saves people, it brings rejoicing because salvation is the greatest healing. It's, it's more than anything. Someone's healed from cancer, that's wonderful. It's not as big as someone being healed from sin. Salvation is the greatest. We prayed over Javon. We had, all of you were smiling because you knew God had done something great in his life. You knew it because it's the greatest thing. Joy and expressible. There is a joy in us knowing we've resisted the flesh, we've resisted the lies of the enemy, and we've seen that God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. That brings us joy. It, by the way, the impossible all, almost always defies conventional wisdom. Many of today's pastors would have counseled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, here's what you need to do to avoid this fire. But that would have been Daniel. That would have been Peter. They'd have been like, you need to go in that thing. Paul would have said, you're going to have to go in it. They wouldn't have said, you know what you need to do. You need to just kind of act a little more Babylonian and you won't have to deal with this anymore. You need to relate to them a little bit more. You need to become a little more like them, and they'll respect you a little bit more. No, they're not going to respect you more. They'll actually not respect your faith when you become exactly like them. Then you have no witness anyway. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm talking about you have to, Jesus said, let your light shine before men. And lastly, turn back with me real briefly. Last thing we want to take a look at. In... Back in Daniel chapter 3, look at some of the other fruit here. There's joy when God opens new doors in your life, which he's not going to open until we go through the fiery ones. It's not always what we want to hear, but it's, it's really fruitful at the end. Look, and it says in verse 30, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. God will promote us out of trials. Isn't that great to know? You guys, I, I actually have something in store for you. That's why we're looking at all 2019, being while becoming. There's something I'm going to do in your life, but you're going to have to say, yes, Lord, thy will be done. I'll, I'll go through this the way you've asked me to go through it. Not complaining, not compromising, not circumventing, all that stuff. Lord, I'll go through it. 
patiently, clinging by, sometimes you're clinging by a thread of faith. I get it. But just cling to that thread. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, they were shaking like a leaf. It wasn't like they were just like, hey, toss us on in. This is going to be great. But coming out of it, they rejoiced. And God says, now I'm going to put you in new places where your voice will be even stronger for me. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Oh, before we close in prayer. Sorry. I want you to see this one verse. One verse. You know it. But I don't think a lot of Christians believe it. They know this verse. But I know that we don't believe it half the time because when bad things come, we just flip out. Right? All things. Not some things. All things to those who love him are called according to his purpose. Amen? All things. Believe it. Receive it. Lord, we thank you this morning for the trials you brought us through. And we pray, Lord, that the ones that we're not all the way fully through, you've re-strengthened us even now to take those steps, to believe by faith, to cling to you, to stand firm, to be brave and strong, not in our own strength, but by kept by the power of God. And we just praise your name for the trials you've already brought us through, the change you're already burning off. And Lord, we're believing you for many more in the days to come. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.